So with some care and attention, we may be uh, clearer about establishing sati mindfulness uh, and full knowing, full awareness, clear comprehension, sati mindfulness, sampajanya, some fully, pa, completely, janya, knowing. So it's a very full, uh, agile, flexible, penetrative, mm, knowing, sensing. Anya, the anya janya uh, term refers to not creating concepts, but more like something getting a feel for. You know, it's more intuitive quality rather than, say, forming another idea. It's really getting it sense of getting, knowing, understanding, you know, that, that, that experience when you, uh-huh, yeah. So it's not the forming of a concept, though forming of concepts can arrive afterwards and even before it. So you have the idea and then, how oh, is that? And then, oh, no, it's that, you know. But they, mm, that's the Sampajanya. <laughs> and one shouldn't really be in too much of a hurry to get to the the concept at the end of that. <laughs> Sometimes the concept doesn't arrive or doesn't even have to arrive. We just get that. Mm, mm, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kind of, you get qualities where the, the system seems to feel comfortable with something or no, this doesn't feel stable. Yeah. And we don't really know why, but we just have to keep practicing with that until it becomes clearer and then you get this uh, intellectual understanding which is useful and that you can carry it with you and you think oh, that, that's the thing I need to remember bear that in mind and therefore aha, uh-huh, next time this situation occurs I've got this memo be, be aware of this, this is where you get reactive or this is where you, you get convinced that something isn't true, so please give attention to that, so this is where you've really um, integrate and, and um, authenticate your practice, making it your own. You begin to see or directly in yourself, you know, what, what, um, what gives rise to skillful, unskillful results. But uh, the... Arrive at those skillful results is a mixture sati sampajanya, sati which establishes a proper uh, foundation, a proper um, position, you could say, uh, a proper basis, something we can take a stand on if you like, and I'll come back to that. And then from that particular place, we can handle experiences and you even get a feeling for what uh, the kind of way you can handle them. You know, carefully, slowly, spaciously, at a distance, close up. Quality of being able to flex one's attention and one's attitudes and one's energies. And it's often the case that people tend by default to go close up to things and put too much effort into it. You know, so it's like you experience something, what's that? You go right up to it and try and work it out. 
that's the business model. And now we're more art- more more artistic, which is you stand back and, hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm, maybe, mm, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's knowing how how to flex, and I do remind you that, you know, this is not always close up. You may not really believe that or understand it, but. In other words, you, you can be, say, you something really difficult, and it's really intensely difficult, or you've got an intense process, your mind feels very intense. And there may be just sort of a sense of backing off. How can I see this from a perspective so I can contemplate the sense of space around it? Because one of the features of this experience is the intensity of it. And in that intensity... Actually, my mind, my approach, my intentions are getting intense, and that intensity is making the whole experience locking it up. You know, you're pushing against the closed door and you're making it harder. You stand back, maybe the door will just start to swing open by itself, or just a little adjustment. It's flexibility of the mode of attention. And these are these are skills you begin to to learn, rather like uh, you know somebody in judo. You know when you when you bend, when you stand, when you flick something over your shoulder, when you adjust, and it's a much more flexible thing. Just slugging it out, <laughs> and it, the, you know. So this is all wisdom. The idea of wisdom. It's not. It's a, it's a flexible skill, cunning adroitness, agility. It's not lumbering brute force or or just slapping ideas onto things. Mm. And so, so just learning this itself is 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 uh, quite agreeable. Just to learn how to, to adjust your attention itself is, is agreeable because you can get this kind of meditation paralysis where the mind just freezes onto everything and gets intense about it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly on retreats, you know, people you have to take people out and go take them for a walk because they're just so psyched up, eyes are blazing. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, down, yeah, down. It's loosen a little bit <laughs> because you know we're the whole we're in a, the whole system is involved. You see, so the observer, the apparent observer. Is not an observer; it's a participator. <laughs> so it adds its own intentions and attitudes to what it's observing. We're not two people, you know. It's not an observer and observed. There's, there's, there's all these factors are inter- interacting. Yeah. The factor of attention, the factor of intention, and the factor of attitude, and then whatever that is being applied to. So we have to learn to also to how to. Uh, you know, moderate the the meditator. Yeah. Yeah. Partly because anything that we do tends to be, by default, uh, approach from our normal way of doing things. And when you take something seriously that you want good results from, then the modality of that, you know, of the way you meditate it's going to be affected by something that's perhaps a little more um, 
driven or, or uh, you know, uh, in line with the, um, what I call the business model. You know, get it done, get good grades, get the result quicker. And this is a very uh, powerful conditioning that we, we experience. Yeah. Uh, And it's quite quite rigid. Now we can imagine that the time of the Buddha was no clocks. The change of experience of time. There's no commuting. Not suddenly, a whole population of Rajagar jumps into their char- chariots and goes whirling off to work. <laughs> it's all just people get up and look around and have a wash and pay homage to a deity or two, have some chow, you know, go out, you know. It's just kind of like just flowing along. Uh, And then really nothing is developed. There's no development. Development as an idea really didn't occur till about 16th century. Yeah, Most of the idea was just maintaining balance in nature because the year was constantly repeating. There's no forward it's just the same year, winter, summer, rain, drought, occurring over and over again. You just maintain harmony. It's a very different mindset, different worldview. And now we're in this endless rush forward. Yeah. And, and so this forward direction, you have to be very conscious of when that attitude comes up because it's so endemic, built in progress, results, achievement, forward, Onwards, sharper, more. You know, this this push is this really uh, a happy, peaceful, even wise intention? Are you taking time to just, you know, find balance, find harmony, find the right place to approach your your experience from? Some of it's quite raw, I would imagine. Some of it's foggy. And they require different touches, but always the touch is sympathetic. Yeah, <clears throat> it's got this quality of metta or goodwill, and it's sympathetic. And often I use the sense of touch rather than the sense of sight, rather than witnessing the mind or witnessing experiences. I say handling experiences, uh-huh. partly because the visual sense. Is very uh, has no feeling in it. It's not sympathetic. It's just object Cl- clarity. It has. It doesn't have much uh, sympathy in it. There's the phys- tactile sense is all sympathy as well as clarity. You can really sense something very directly, and anything you touch touches you. So there's a sense of aha. Uh-huh, this is how I'm being affected. So it's very much more participation. An observation, and then we get a finer balancing effect. What's the appropriate effort? What's appropriate uh, energy? What's appropriate? You know, this is all is the development of wisdom in a very intimate way. So talked about wisdom as the wisdom to understand what's skillful and unskillful means you. You pause, you, con- you 
sustain through mindfulness, you sustain a focus on a particular course of action. Uh-huh. This is the course of action. Where did it come from? How is it? Where does it go to? Hmm. How is that? So you maintain mindfulness over an action or an intention or an attitude. How does that feel? Sampajanya. It's changeable. And you can notice there's, say, any hostility or indulgence or whatever is in it. You feel the, the textures, the qualities, the flavors of, of intention and attitude. Yeah, maybe just what something there you can pick up. So you learn a lot just in learning the skillful and the unskillful. It's not black and white. By and large, things are shades of grey, and that get cleaner and clearer as you refine your sensitivity. fully apprehending fully sensing fully handling sensitive to mindfulness and uh, sati mindfulness sati and sampajanya then work together mindfulness holds the theme bears it in mind stays with it doesn't jump to the next thing doesn't counteract it, doesn't proliferate around it, just that's that. And then Sampajanya, handling it, sensing it, feeling it. And in meditation, these two qualities are, so this is not just meditation, this is, you know, the ongoing process of mindfulness of eating, mindfulness of moving, mindfulness of talking, thinking, and so forth. Meditation, these two are, are, are uh, generated or brought into one's experience through vitaka, which is a sense, mind, which is the basis of mindfulness, means you deliberately place something. You know, so you can do that with a thought, memory, mode of attention, you deliberately place something, and vichari, you handle it. How is that? So we could place a breath, place a sensation place the entire body so it doesn't have to be a micro point it could be the entire body the entirety of the felt body place that, how is that? it doesn't feel balanced the left is stronger than the right doesn't feel quite correct yet let's adjust that you can place something like breathing is it breathing, is your breathing does it feel comfortable, settled? before you get into anything more refined. So you see, you see, you can use this system at a macro to microcosm, even, you know, when I'm sitting, do I feel I have enough space around me? How is that? I'm comfortable, settled. Yeah. <coughs> and then, then you can, as things settle, then, if you like, the process begins to unfold by itself. Because when things are settled, then phenomena tend to dissolve. And things become clearer. Yeah.
So, for example, if we're, uh, you know, say we're moving around, we come to sit down, then things are, there's all kinds of sights, sounds, thoughts that can be coming up. And then you just hold it like you're holding a, a basin of water. And the water is all shimmering and shaking. You just hold it steady. You don't have to deal with all the ripples. Just hold it steady. By holding it steady, the ripples start to settle by themselves. Because, you know, the water knows that. Now, if we're holding the body in a steady way that's steady, spacious, agreeable, the body feels held, it starts to settle. The energetic body starts to settle. Of course, physical body sensations can still be there, but your energy settles and then you can work with the sensations, the feelings that occur. Yeah. So it's finding that sense of settling. And, um, you know, it can sometimes, it can, because we don't always recognize this need, it can take two or three days before you realize you haven't settled yet. Because <laughs> you haven't really, you know, you've moved on to the next thing and you haven't found the occasion where you just sit and there's nothing more to do, just sit. You're not meditating, you're not developing anything, you're just sitting to feel settling. You know, the ground beneath me is holding me, settling. And really, in many ways, I haven't said much more than that. Or That's the main thing I'm emphasizing for our first two or three days. Believe me, it can take that long. Sometimes it can take years. <laughs> because we don't, we never did it. We're always jumping to the next thing and preparing for the next thing and remembering the last thing and so forth. We never really stopped. We don't know what it feels like. We never gave ourselves the permission. And when you settle, yeah, certainly the sensations come up and the memories come up, but finding that which is settled. That's your refuge place and from there sensing that beneath all that uh, movement and you bring the two together as if the settledness is saying yes to all the movement yes there's room for you yes sympathetically something involuntary starts to happen not something not something you do something involuntary when the settledness of awareness primary presence meets all this movement things start to shift and oh you know maybe emotions come up or breathing changes oh, we, we are things are clearing yeah and it can be quite disorienting because when things clear they're often tangled and nauseous and dizzy and so on it's detox, right? <laughs> Giving up smoking or something like that, you feel horrible. Cleaning your liver out. <coughs> but so this quality, goodwill. And if we want to establish sati, then, you know, the first thing is to refer to what's skillful to refer to. 
uh, for um, careful attention, attend to the sign of safety, the sign of stability, the quality, the theme, the texture, the mood, the attitude, the emotion, the physicality, the energy that feels safe, not moving forward, not searching for anything, not aiming to develop anything, not trying to become anything, it's just this, here we are. Okay, let things rest and find their place and dissolving, moving. And as we feel more confident that, then, you know, you, you, you gain your sati, can establish itself upon another sign, say the sign of breathing, if that was what works for you, or the sign of space, or the whole body. And you just stay with that, and you contemplate whatever arises within that, arising, handling it, feeling the changes, feeling the pleasant and unpleasant, uh, and maintaining essentially the non-reactivity to all of that. Now, sati makes that possible, mindfulness makes that possible, because one of the reasons why, well, exactly a reason, but the reflex of reactivity is based upon a kind of uh, a reflex to find quality of pleasantness and a quality of stability. So therefore we try to get rid of the unpleasant and we try to hold firm, steady, yeah, uh, and, and uh, you know, on something. So we tend to grab, and this is called clinging. Um, this grabbing, clinging, mind-taking position on something in order to repel other things. Now this, you could say this sounds like mindfulness, which in some ways is similar. But with mindfulness you're not taking a stand on a particular uh, attitude other than the attitude rather than the quality of refuge. Mm. So you're not saying nothing unpleasant should happen here. You're not saying nothing irrational should happen here. You're not saying nothing that I don't understand should happen here. You're not taking a stand upon the qualities of what arises. Yeah. You're not taking a stand, you're not taking a stand upon the qualities of what arises, whether they're pleasant, unpleasant, weird, wonderful, uh, whatever. You're not taking, making anything out of that. You're making a stand on the ability to maintain awareness of all that. And that's, that's mindfulness. Clinging is when you, you uh, take a stand upon the pleasant as against the unpleasant, the clear as against the foggy, yeah, and so on. You take a stand upon the qualities of the experience, and that's clinging to them, because you want them. <laughs> clinging is based upon tanha, craving. I want the stable, clear, bright, happy, peaceful, comfortable, serene, so forth. I don't want that messy stuff. Mm. Uh, and so this is clinging. I mean, yeah, I sympathize. But um, if only. But, but the karma is not all clear and wonderful. Some of it is mucky. 
And so if we're just saying, I don't want that, don't want that, don't want that, then we're creating another set of, of stresses and uh, tension uh, and even ignorance in, in our experience. Because there it is. Whether you want it or not, there it is. <laughs> and are you going to release it or are you just going to hold out and try and not have it? Well, the more you don't want it, the bigger it gets. <laughs> the more you don't like it, the bigger and nastier it gets. <laughs> and the more you want it, the smaller it gets. <laughs> you should remember that, because it, it's quite a habit. And, you know, you realize many things one doesn't like. And you can feel quite indignant about it. <laughs> but there you are. There it is, you know. Things external one doesn't really like. Things internal that you don't really like. <laughs> you know? But it wasn't up, it wasn't, they didn't get there because you liked them or dislike them, they get there because they're in the karmic mix. They're, in the, they're the conditions. We came into a conditioned situation. And the conditioned situation having a body is it feels pleasant and unpleasant feeling. Always. <laughs> uh, the mind experience on the feeling level, you have pleasant and unpleasant mental uh, states that you like or don't like, or wish would, wish would go away, would rather favour if they stuck around longer. So sometimes the liking or disliking is subtle. It's just, I can, this will be nice when it's finished. That means dislike. That would be good to have again. That means liking. And so we, we, we acknowledge this. And the more you can, you know, this is not really going to get me anywhere. <laughs> So, so, you know, clinging. Now with, with sati, you just establish knowing. So you place your, so you can place it on your body and then you're knowing, you know, this is a body, this is what's happening to a body. So you can place sati on the body, and, you know, you can on a, series of uh, presence or sensations if you like and then just know these are this is this is the body and essentially by the not taking a stand uh, by not uh, ab- getting into the qualities something is begins to re- re- reduce which is the sense of self sense of self is primarily an experience that based upon favoring and disapproving and uh, search or and st- trying to hold things stable now if those bases are diminished the sense of self diminishes when the self sense of self diminishes the sense of being besieged diminishes the desperate self the besieged self the self that doesn't know what to do the self that's losing control, the self that's not being what it should be, that begins to diminish. 
and you get a feeling for that. And instead of that, what is present is a quality, viveka, certain detachment, dispassion. So it's not, it's like a certain cool, open, mellow, peaceful quality. It comes because it's there because instead of all this weave of factors and conditionings that are furiously interacting with each other, uh, generating the sense of a person in there, creating by loosening some of that, patiently loosening some of that, loosening some of the intensities of the reactivity, a kind of space is apparent. Call it space, yeah. A kind of peacefulness is apparent. Uh, we don't feel so pressurized. The pressure diminishes. Things move, change in their own curious ways. And instead of, you know, me being in there, there's a sense of refuge space. So that refuge quality starts to infiltrate our life infiltrate our karmic field. The karmic field is all these residual factors and tendencies that are very familiar. That's why they seem like me. They're familiar reactions and familiar memories and familiar attitudes and familiar approaches. And even here's that sensation again. And here's that thought again. Yeah, and that memory again. Yeah, and here I am getting wound up again. Here I am being critical and grumpy again. Here I am going to self-pity again. You know, or whatever it is. That's very familiar, and that's the sign of self. Now, all of that has to be said yes to. We don't mean saying, yes, I think this is great, but it means, yes, I'm not messing with this. That's the way it is. So that quality of the open acceptance of the presence of karma. Nobody's operating from a blank page. We're operating from a page that's got lots of textures and script already on it. There has to be a sense of, okay, that's the deal. <laughs> you know, yes to that. And uh, this is so, and that becomes possible when we are just really emphasizing that's where we place our, our, our sati is based upon that. These are conditions and causes. This is right view. These are all not self, but just interacting energies, sensations, voices, moods, mind states, all meshing together. These are all conditioned factors. That's the right view. And that's the foundation for uh, deeper, quiet, wise attention because you begin to sense some factors, this factor, that factor, and then give attention this way. And um, then with sati, you you establish a foundation to maintain awareness rather than reactivity. So in some ways there's a, there's a yes in terms of um, you know, acceptance, but there's also a certain no in terms of adopting it. In other words, these are the formations, but rather than 
you know, yes in, means I agree with it, I'm going along with it, saying, uh-huh, yes, it's present. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not not getting involved with that. Mm. Oh, no, I'm not going to add anything to that. There's a silence. Uh, not just a verbal silence, but an emotional uh-huh. sympathy, but no, we're not going to make anything out of that. There's more karma. You make something out of it. There's the making, the action. There's also the maker. You see, so karma is this involvement with phenomena that both, uh, you know, has a result in terms of, you know, uh, feel the effect of it, but also it brings a person in. Karma creates a, an act, creates an actor. An act not doesn't just create a consequence in terms of another result. The act also creates an actor. Yeah. And the actor is then that's the basis of the self. Self arises. Now, is self a problem? <laughs> well, know that for yourself. <laughs> There's subjectivity. Certainly there's a very intimate, direct pachatang here. You know, this is the real thing. This is, this is the engagement. This is uh, the, the solid person. Yeah. As a kind of immaterial entity that leans over and keeps commenting and poking things around. That's something to be aware of and as we're detoxing we say well, let's just see you know where that can be reduced where it's needed or not needed maybe sometimes you need it you know making a uh, arrangement for a bus or something and making decision but you look at it more clearly what arises is decisiveness and clarity uh, so you know, for the with wisdom, you begin to see the even the agencies of action are called intention. Not self. There was a question yesterday evening when someone was in this question which about the concern about, you know, um, how much to doing things, you know, even good things, and is this getting involved with becoming, becoming someone? Yeah. Well, you know, we're always much of our life is about doing things. You know, but with sati and sampajanya, there's a recognition, you know, we're aware of intention, attention, there's a contact, something touches, and you don't react, 
Okay, we've accepted that, and then we, you know, you don't have to jump onto it and run with it, or react against it. But then you notice what the response is when it's no longer compulsive. Response can be just just take your time with that. That isn't needed. Then wisdom is acting rather than the familiar self. There's a certain freshness about one's actions, a certain spontaneity about the actions that proceed because you're relying on wisdom rather than prefabricated strategies. And wisdom, in this sense, is not an accumulation of concepts, but a certain agility and sensitivity to the field of karma. This is appropriate, skillful action. This feels about right. And wisdom also recognizes, as you cultivate it, we're not cultivating it in order to get a result. We're just cultivating because it's right now. It's just the right move now. And you don't really know what the result will be. But you know and you trust this is the right energy, the right intention. This is appropriate now. That's what I can do. And feel clear about. And then there isn't the sense of self doing it or a sense of a self who has achieved anything. It's like the images of writing in water. You write, you finish the sentence, the water, it dissolves. It's your life. Your life is just writing in water. This is the way we practice, or the way of practice is like this. That's why we, we're our understanding. Even in teachings, you don't prepare talks because that would be that would be becoming a teacher, and you don't want to become a teacher. And I don't prepare talks. I don't even listen to them. <laughs> Not my own, anyway. Yes, I don't know. Sometimes you get half a minute. Somebody says, oh, hi, John, could you say a few words? And you're right. Uh, See what happens. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not not all masterpieces, or it don't have to be, but you just, uh, you know, something. (laughs) Will occur. And so you just set the right intention of goodwill and, and kindness and being clear as to 
you know, what, what your own experience is about. And with a sense of goodwill to share that for the welfare of others, whether people get it, don't get it, how much, who knows. So, you know, like living your life like this, you can't keep being anxious all the time about making everything work for everyone, getting it right all the time, never making a mistake, always making sure you can't keep doing that. You, know, you just cramp everything up and then you, you get flummoxed, you, you make your life a mess. You just eventually got to trust awareness and goodwill and just just fumble around, you know, and, and let it roll. Now, may you never heard meditation expressed like this. <laughs> you know? But eventually that's what people do anyway. <laughs> you know, as far as I can make out. No matter what is taught, eventually people just fumble around till they find something that works and they get on with it. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I encourage. But there's a wise fumbling, which is based in awareness. You know, and your awareness is, is right there where your karma is, where you are. You know, <laughs> it's not where I am. You know, but, so the awareness is universal, but your karma is, is individual. Right, so I can't really, you know, adjust everybody else. It's not in trying to, but I'm saying if we all through this, I know we all have bodies and minds and feelings, and perceptions and impressions, and we'll call the aggregates. And if we can resist the compulsive push and clinging and grasping that takes place with regard to those, the defensiveness, the compulsiveness, the blind attachments, and come into awareness then, and base ourselves on that wisdom is bound to arise, and clarity is bound to arise, and confidence is bound to arise. And then you practice with goodwill and clarity to bring around cessation of Stress wherever you can sense it beginning to arise, beginning to bunch up, tightening up, fixating, you know, you know what it is. And then widening, return to awareness of that, widening, softening, and if you feel just the rhythm of breathing, the life force in your body as a benevolent gift, just letting that suffuse these tense self-experiences you're saying yes I know that just take your time with that and receive this receive don't try and figure it out don't do try and do this on your own you're not on your own there's this quality of awareness there which will works better than you do so Anyone?